Welcome to Innovation Mixtape, a custom series produced for Omers by Now or Never Ventures. We believe that changing a company from the outside is hard. That's why we have found a collection of gurus, pioneers, and creatives to help us explore market-changing and innovative ideas within pensions, age tech, and building ventures. You'll hear from executives at large organizations such as Standard Life, from some of the most creative agencies in the world, and from leaders who have built game-changing ventures themselves. We hope you enjoy, and most importantly, learn. Today, we are having a conversation with John and Matthias from Grand Hood, a startup based in Denmark. Together, they've created a digital challenger for the pension industry, the first 100% digital pension saving solution in the world that they hope will help entrepreneurs and small and medium-sized enterprises to offer attractive pension savings plans for their employees. Start it. Okay. Cool. Well, um, I can kick off. Uh, so my my name is John Diebekind. I'm, I'm one of the co-founders of Grandhood. Uh, my academic background is that I have a master's degree in economics and finance from the University of Copenhagen, spent some time abroad in the States at the UNC Kinflake Business School and in London at, uh, at LSC. Uh, those two uh, experiences abroad also made me keenly interested in working abroad. So when I graduated in 2011, I moved to London to work for Bank of America Merrill Lynch. Did that for five years, two years in London, three years in New York. Uh, in London, I did institutional equity sales trading and my clients were predominantly the Nordic pension funds. So uh, hence a pretty good understanding of the pension fund industry, how they operate, how they work, where I saw room for, for improvements. Uh, but before I decided to, to move back home to Denmark to change the world of pensions, I sort of always had this sort of childhood dream of, of working on Wall Street. Uh, so I was fortunate enough to, uh, to get relocated across the pond in uh, 2013. Uh, so, so spent three years in New York, uh, the first two years as a credit strategist covering U.S. investment grade corporate bonds. Uh, and in the last year, I was promoted to vice president and investment strategist within the global wealth and investment management division, doing cross asset allocation and building construction using ETFs amongst other vehicles in, in our building blocks. That's what we do at Granted as well. It was also during my time in New York. I sort of identified this whole trend with robot advisory, pioneered by Betterman and Wolfrand, and sort of dawned on me back then, could you take some of the be- best elements from your B2C robots and apply it to B2B uh, workplace pensions? Uh, I hadn't really seen that done anywhere before. Uh, so moved back to, to Copenhagen in August 2016 to, to lay the groundwork for, for what is uh, granted today. But needless to say, you can't do that on your own. So uh, I went out and found a brilliant co-founder, uh, which is Matthias, uh, and we know each other from uni, studied together on the bachelors, uh, and Matthias branched into sort of a more quanti way on his on his master. So he's like the quanti algo guy, and I'm, I'm sort of the more commercial corporate finance guy, if we have to distinguish. Um, but with that, I will uh, hand it over to Matthias. Mm. That was a nice intro. <laughs> I guess I'll just, yeah, I'm the nerd. On the founder team, I'll put it like that. <laughs> so I uh, I studied statistics on my master's, sort of mathematical modeling. I came into investment banking as a quant and uh, ended up being a trader, like algo trading. Um, uh, sort of got sick of uh, making rich people richer 
and sort of uh, figured, nah, that was not my thing. So I got into SAS Institute, the analytics uh, company. Um, so I was the subject matter expert in machine learning. So I went back to all the banks and taught machine learning and was a consultant there and helped them build their predictive modeling and, and stuff like that. Um, I, I'm, I have been a lecturer also at University of Copenhagen and uh, Copenhagen Business School where I've been teaching uh, all the nerdy things. Um, and then John, he reached out to me and said, okay, helping people who can't get a pension solution today in the SME space, digital, self-service. Okay. Uh, that was, uh, that was quite the opportunity. So I guess, uh, sort of John mentioned that I'm the nerd and he's the more commercial guy. And I think I'd put it like, uh, I make sure we, we have a thing and John is the guy who sells the thing. <laughs> and, uh, that's, uh, that's kind of how I see it. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Um, thanks for that. Uh, thanks for that, Matthias. Um, we have a presentation that we can take you through, uh, which tends to frame things in a nice way and put some structure on what we do and what we can offer. Uh, would you like us to take through that or would you rather just keep it like informal casual and you can just fire away with questions? It, it's, it's up to you guys. Let's do the presentation and then we can, we can do uh, some questions afterwards if that works for you guys. Okay, let's do that. Well, um, you actually, uh, you, you're, you're catching us on a good time because we are transitioning into what we call Grandhood 2.0. Uh, so in a nutshell, we are low cost and 100% digital self-service pension offerings, me, self-employed and freelancers. Um, so the must win for, for Matthias and I for, for the first half of, uh, of 2020, uh, was to land a strategic partnership with a life insurance company in Denmark. Uh, we're actually in the process of doing that. We actually, we are in their offices right now. Um, <laughs> so the, the deal is not public yet. Um, so we'll just ke- keep it, uh, as is, it is, it is one of the sort of largest commercial pension funds in Denmark that we're partnering with. Uh, so, and we basically believe the model we are doing with them can be replicated globally. Thus, this should be very interesting for you to hear uh, what, what we are up to with them. Um, in a nutshell, we position ourselves as a new digital acquisition channel uh, targeted towards SMEs, uh, being this low-cost Ryanair play where we enable the life insurance company to actually product differentiate. Any company with respect for itself needs to have a why. Uh, at least we believe so. It's very important uh, for everyone in a company to know why you get up in the morning. Matthias alluded a little bit to it uh, in his uh, intro that he got tired of just making rich, uh, rich people marginally richer. So really our why is all about democratizing the access to the good pension advice, the good pension solution for the long tail of the market, the SME market, if you will, but also the gig economies of the freelancers, uh, which is exponentially growing globally. Uh, we find that this group of people uh, for the longest time have been, if not underserved, maybe even unserved, um, And the reason why has very much to do with the fact that the way incumbents operate and distribute uh, brings up the customer acquisition cost to a level where they can't really make any economic sense of serving that market. But with our 100% digital onboarding, both for the business owner, but also for, for the employees, we can, for the first time, actually give this group of people a good pension experience where the unit economics still makes sense. 
we will send the slides if you want us to. Here's a little bit about how uh, it makes sense for you guys to potentially collaborate with Grandhood. Well, we can for sure anger your digital transformation process towards higher efficiency and competitiveness uh, by lowering administrative costs and ensuring compliance across the fund, etc. Uh, a little bit yeah, why you would want to work with us. Well, I think needless to say, we, we had customer engagement that any incumbent would, uh, would want to sort of, uh, strive, strive for. Uh, it, just to give you a number, we will go into, to numbers later on in the presentation, but around 50% of all of our customers check their pension app at least uh, once a week, which is completely unheard of in the world of pension. So customer engagement, shorter time to market in new, in new products. Uh, and the streamlined business process with uh, with STP, uh, KYC, and onboarding, etc. Uh, I just touched upon it, but customer engagement is definitely something to to pay attention to uh, in, in in this day and age, where people have a short attention span and benchmark you towards platforms like Spotify and Netflix. You need you need to gauge them very early on, uh, and we do that by having a gamified app, which we will uh, dive into later on. Okay. Uh, but uh, don't get sick. My word for it. Uh, you can also just go and trust Pilot. Forgive me. They are in Danish uh, for now because we are only live in Denmark uh, thus far. However, we do have global ambitions, and again, that's why we we thought it makes sense to talk to you guys uh, and plan for the future. Uh, but again, just the average trust pilot score is is way higher than the in, than the, the industry average, I believe, around 2.1 in Denmark. So uh, so again, it seems like customers are buying into our USPs of being transparent, accessible, and 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 a fast onboarding and a good digital user experience. Shifting gears a little bit here. So this is my Baba Daniel. So why do we bring Daniel to this presentation? Well, look, Daniel, he's a great persona for the small business owner, right? He started out with one barbershop in Copenhagen. Now he has multiple barbershops uh, across the greater Copenhagen area. He's becoming a real business. But look, Daniel, he's not passionate about pensions whatsoever, right? He's passionate about cutting people's hair, and he does everything himself as a small business owner, from cutting people's hair to brewing the coffee. He even changes the light bulbs himself when they go out. At some point, he will be faced with certain employee demands as to introducing benefits such as pension savings plan, insurance being health insurance, critical illness, death insurance, group life insurance, the whole shebang. He has no idea whatsoever how to go about this. It's just a, a jungle ride. However, he does want to be a good boss, and he does want to do the right thing for his employees. So keen on being the cool boss, he enters into the pension fund jungle. And this is what he's faced with, right? So this is just a poster child for everything that is wrong with the pension fund industry as we know it today. Again, the language is in Danish, so please forgive us. I guess you get the picture here, right? So... This is the way incumbents for the longest time have been communicating towards the audience. It's just, it's just a black box, right? It makes very little sense for Daniel. So we believe we can do better than that. So to that end, Grandhood has been, uh, has built a digital B2B and B2C journey, each with an onboarding and daily use part. Uh, so the way it works is that we use performance marketing to gen- generate top of funnel uh, activity. So marketing generates leads. So once a business owner is uh, a business owner is exposed toward a digital granted campaign, they will merely click on the banner. 
go to the website and start onboarding their company. That takes three minutes. Okay, so three minutes for a company to onboard. Again, to the best of our knowledge, that has not been done before. And in those three minutes, we actually managed to do a KYB, Know Your Business process. We have integrated with the national VAT registry. Uh, so they, the company just plug in their VAT number and we automatically pre-populate relevant information about that company and they digitally sign with uh, something called an easy ID, easy login ID, which is basically a digital uh, ID token we have here in Denmark that they can use to verify the company with. And the CPR, the end user, uh, the CPR customer can also verify with that, uh, with their personalized uh, digital token. So again, to take you through the, uh, the customer journey, business owner sees a performance marketing campaign from Grandhood, click the banner, start the onboarding process, go through this digital onboarding. Then they will then get a dashboard. That's the last screen you see, the full screen. They will get a grant to dashboard. In that dashboard, they plug in the information about the employees. Each and every one of the employees will get an email invitation where there will be a grant link. And it's via that link the B2C journey starts. Okay? So with that, I will hand it over to Matthias to take you through the B2C journey. Yes, so um, this we're very proud of. <laughs> uh, the thing when you do um, uh, SME pensions or company pensions at all, uh, also for larger companies, what is typically the super costly thing is onboarding the ease because there are so many of them and incumbents send out the pension advisor physically and you have an interview and you talk to people about their life, and then you recommend them uh, something, that being both a savings product and an insurance product. And we pretty early realized that that's where the big cost lies for our competitors, which is the incumbents, which are the comp- uh, incumbents. So we made this digitally, and we had uh, quite some fights with the Danish FSA, it's fair to say. Um they want innovation, but they want it to look like what they always see. So that's kind of a strange dynamic. But we actually managed to wrestle with them and be allowed to do this uh, onboarding. And we got a MIFID 2 stamp on it. So they actually approved this as being MIFID 2 compliant. So what does that mean? Well, what we do is we gather KYC and AML data about the customer. We screen that and verify identity using this NEMID, ECID. Um, it is basically a verification of identity. Um, and then you upload a picture of your passport or driver's license, a picture ID. And then we have one more step, which is to check whether you're a politically exposed person. So we dynamically download the list from the FSA's homepage of the politically exposed persons. That actually handles KYC and AML, um, which is fairly light touch relative to doing a normal savings account, which is because pensions are labeled as yellow. That is, it's not a category red for doing AML since you have to be a pretty patient swindler if you want to whitewash money in a 40 years horizon until you can get it paid out. Um, but, but so that takes care of that part. But then to the really heavy part, which is the suitability assessment, so the actual advice, like the advice of the customers, how do we do that? 
And it is very inspired by the robo-advisors where we gather information about uh, your risk capacity, that is sort of your financial situation, then your risk appetite, which is your subjective perception of risk. Uh, you don't ask it directly. You have these proxy questions to reveal the true preference of the, the uh, customer. Like if the market falls 10%, what do you do? Do you sell? Do you buy? Do you do nothing? Do you even know what percent means? And you sort of figure out things about uh, the customer like that. And then, of course, the most important parameter is through this authentication or verification of identity, you know people's social security number, which tells us their age, which, of course, defines the investment horizon, which is the most important thing when you assess people's risk uh, capacity. So all of that gets jumbled up, and then you get uh, an advice uh, for your asset allocation, so for the savings part of your pension. Then you go into a flow for insurances, which if you have a mortgage, then typically you advise the death premium to be the same size as the mortgage. So if you die, you can your family can still live in the house. And you have these sort of actually pretty simple rules uh, for advising on the insurances. In the end, the customer has to sign off on everything using this uh, EC or NIMID. It's not just a verification of identity. It's also a digital signing tool uh, that you can use. So this takes around 10 minutes if you know the answers to the questions like what is the size of your mortgage, how much do you make every month, etc., etc. Okay. So right now, our partner is Sax Bank, which is kind of a neo bank. It's a pretty young bank, at least. But 1992. 1992. So it's not that young, but. <laughs> yeah. um, but they don't do pensions, and that's why we've been looking. I guess John can get into way more detail about this, but big picture, we need someone who can provide the lifetime annuity. So once you retire, you'll get a certain amount for life, no matter how old you get. Right now, we just have a savings account, basically. There are some tax benefits to saving via our product, but we want the true lifetime annuity. Plus, we want uh, better insurance products than we have today. But, but... This, anyways, highlights the partnership and how the sort of intersection is between us and the partner. So basically, and I guess one thing for you guys to bear in mind that, that could as well have been Omar's, Omar's logo here. <laughs> so think about it, replace Nice Bank with Omar's and then you will have how it could look with you guys. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's a super good point because basically we do everything that the customer sees. We take care. We are the brand. We are the communication. We are the advice. We are the digital product. So everything the customer touches, sees, or hears is granthood. And everything that happens back office-wise, that is handling of payments in and out of the account, tax reporting, creation of a, a deposit for the securities that we invest in, all of that is done by our partner. So it's kind of like we're the front office and they're the back office, if you want to really put it into a big picture. And the, ven the vendor of financial products. Yeah, yeah, true. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, and we also do yearly due diligence on our customers, which is also super expensive for incumbents. If you have to update the information about the client or go out and make a new suitability assessment, they physically go out there and you have to sign with wet ink and everything. But 
we do it via push notifications in the app that gather the new information. So now the company onboarded, hit the company core experience, which is a dashboard, invited the employee, and the employee has now onboarded. So what is the employee core experience? Like every day now I'm onboarded. How is my life with Granthood as an employee? So we um, have this very nice guy on the team called Lars, who's a sociologist in the specialty in anthropology. And he has really been going big on talking to our customer segment about what, what do you want from your pensions? Like what is the most important thing? And the majority said, Pensions make me anxious. Like I have pension anxiety. I know I need to do it, but I also know it's kind of difficult. And I'm not sure if I'm doing the right thing. Do I need to save more? Do I need to save less? What insurances do I have? What what do they cost me? Basically, am I doing the right thing? So we try to make a super simple core experience where you log in and the first thing you see is, what is the value of my pension savings today and how much of that can be attributed to returns? So how much did the pension company, AKA Granthood actually do for me and how much is just money I paid in myself? Um, so that's the first thing you see. Then you can swipe. It's uh, it's kind of maybe not uh, so uh, politically correct to say it, but it's very Tinder inspired. Like a lot of people in our segment are used to the whole swiping thing. So you can swipe into your future. And then we have this projection algorithm, which based on the risk profile that you have and your life cycle, it's a life cycle product where we dynamically change your risk profile during your lifetime. Factoring that into account, what will be left for me when I retire? Like how much money? In, uh, in this case, DKK as a lump sum. And how much does it correspond to if I pay it out over, say, 10 or 25 years? And then there is a scenario thing where you can, uh, you have to do this by law in Denmark. So you have to have a good return scenario, a neutral return scenario, and a low return scenario. And we show those, and it's the nerd, it's just the mean value and the five, respectively, 95% percentile or confidence bands. Um, so you, you can see all that. And then there's the neat disclaimer that explains all the assumptions about how your salary develops, inflation, etc. So that's the first sort of pain or panel in your, um, in your core experience. The next one is this activity feed where you can see how much do I pay in every month? What do I pay in taxes? How much am I paying in fees? Sort of a breakdown into line items every month. And then there is the final sort of overview tab where you can see how have you invested my money? What is my asset allocation? What are the fees I'm paying? You'll be able to see your insurances in here once we get the new partner. Um, like how am I, how am I covered? What is the price? All these things. Maybe just one comment here. The, the sort of the commercial consideration here is that we want to give full transparency and uh, full flexibility and basically put the end user in the driving seat of their own pension. So at all times, you have all the information information at hand. So you at any time in on your way home in the subway can can check what, what's going on in, in your pension savings plan. And 
again, we try to distill it in, in a very intuitive way, very playful way, and in a very accessible way. So that, that's the idea here, to give the, the power back to the pension saver. Yeah, yeah, I 100% agree. Um, and we, we use push notifications quite a bit. Um, originally, it was inspired by uh, my girlfriend, who uh, uh, got a pension uh, for the first time via work. And she was furious that the pension fund now took some of her money every month. And we had this sort of, uh, given that I work with pensions, uh, sort of long dialogue about uh, actually it's your money. It's just a savings for your future self. And that sort of money is taken out now, but it's actually your money. Like nobody's taking it away and they actually invest it. So it grows and becomes more in the future, which is a super neat thing. Um, so every time you have your salary and there's a payment into your pension account, you get this uh, fling notification. Congratulations. Your grandhood just became a uh, thousand euros better. Something like that. And that actually resonates very, very well with people because, as John says, every time we send out these push notifications, more than half of our customers actually open the app. Because I know that from myself. Every time I get paid, every time it's payday, I open my bank. And it's stupid. I don't know why I do it, but I like to see my account when there's the most money in it. <laughs> and I guess it's kind of the same with pensions. Once you increase your savings, you, you sort of want to see it. Um, anyways, the next, uh, the next slide here is basically the data that we require to uh, do the core experience. And right now, um, we don't need a fancy API because we don't show real time values. We, uh, we basically need just overnight batch files because it's not a day trading tool. It's just, it's just to, to show how your pension develops day to day. Finally, uh, a bit about our tech stack. So the good thing about uh, being a startup is you can build everything from scratch and sort of think it from the bottom. Um, so we made our app in React Native. It cross compiles to iOS and Android. We made the whole uh, business dashboard and onboarding in React JS. So there are sort of uh, shared components between the two. The API we have is .NET um, because that's what most of the pension funds and banks use, so it's the easiest to integrate with. Everything hosted in AWS, uh, we are ISO 27001 certified for our IT security and all that stuff, have two-factor authentication for everything. Um, and then we have this thin integration with our partner bank where we send them onboarding packages and get the overnight batch files. So that's basically it. And yeah, we are continuous integration, continuous deployment. Uh, we live and breathe agile like uh, all startups should. Uh, so this is just briefly how we make money today. So we have a threefold revenue model. We have a monthly subscription uh, levied on the business owner. So the business owner pay eight euro per month per participating employee. That gives us this 
nice monthly cash liquidity cushion, uh, maybe it's the SaaS revenue model, which is something the VC investors really appreciate in terms of us being able to pay back the customer acquisition costs cash to cash uh, within 12 months. Um, furthermore, we have the basis points of AUM, the classical uh, as a manager model, where we charge around 95 basis points of AUM annually. Um, finally, we have lead generation fees from insurance partners where we'll be paid around 10% of the annual premiums. Uh, the bragging slide, I guess. Uh, I guess all startup needs to have a bragging slide. Um, so this is ours. Uh, it's just to inform you that we actually managed to build a fairly strong position in the attention space. Uh, so besides being mentioned and featured in most Danish media platforms more than 50 times since we started the company, we have in fact also been recognized in more official ways. Amongst those, uh, the Red Dot Award uh, for our branding and design. Uh, Money 2020 Best Startup Competition in Amsterdam, where we won amongst several thousands of companies, uh, nominated for uh, EY Entrepreneur of the Year in Denmark, and nominated for Best Social Impact Startup in the Nordics. Uh, again, uh, relevant for you guys, should be a partner down the line, uh, just that we have a super strong team, uh, uh, 15 uh, employees, 13 uh, full-time and two uh, part-time employees, with a strong combination of skill and experience across the platform and across capabilities. Uh, needless to say, um, we have done stuff before with John Grandert. Uh, you already heard, heard our backgrounds, uh, but we also have some pretty strong uh, senior capabilities on the team. So our VP of product here was the tech lead on Danske Bank's robo-advisor called June. Our head of UX was an integral part of building Danske Bank's mobile app. Uh, our lead backender uh, was uh, was part of uh, the Mover app in, in, in Denmark, which is a known transportation app, and our mobile app developer was part of uh, building the Grab app in, in Singapore, etc. So uh, I guess the point being here, it, it's a super strong and competent team we have going on here. Uh, status uh, review since we fundraised the last time, so we did our seed round in, in June 2018, where we raised uh, around 2.4 million euro at a pre-money um, of, uh, of around 9 million euro. Uh, and uh, we actually just, we are in the process of, of closing uh, current fundraising where we uh, aim to raise around 3, three euro um, at a slightly higher post money valuation than the last time. So we do get an uptick from the last round, which is, I think, uh, a good thing in this macro environment. Um, that's the two of us. Um, Pretty much the same closing. <laughs> we look good. It's so, so in love on that. Picture. <laughs> uh, these are our current investors. So we have Speed Invest, Hardcore Capital, Seed Capital, and Pre-Seed Ventures. Speed Invest is probably the most prominent of, of the three in an international perspective. So Speed Invest are early investors in N26, Big Neobank out of Germany, uh, Wirecard, um, WeFox, big insurance uh, startup. Uh, this is the board of directors um, that might look a little bit different uh, after the current funding round, as they tend to do. Um, so I think this brings the, uh, the presentation to an end. I have a, a couple questions. Uh, does what's the average pension on your platform? Like the average, I guess, future annuity for that someone would get per year for the end user. Yeah. 
it's relatively small. Um, and the reason being is that that's why we call the Granted 2.0. Up until now, we haven't had a market-conformed product offering, and we want to elaborate a little bit on that. That's actually why we are partnering now with one of the largest life insurance companies in Denmark, because Saxo Bank, just to be very transparent, was a fairly poor fit for us. Um, they were a good fit from a digital perspective, but not from a financial product product offering perspective. So right now we only have one savings product, and that's capped in the terms of the tax deductibility. It's actually capped at around 7,000 euro annually in terms of what you can get in a fully tax deductible. So that basically answers your question why it's small. It's because we are capped on the tax deduction uh, on the one product we have. Plus, we've not been able to gather legacy pensions. Yeah. It's a big thing, and uh, I guess that's also a trend in Canada, gig economy, and especially in our segment, which is pretty young people. People tend to change jobs every three years, so you have scattered pension plans. And if you can't gather the old AUM that is uh, lying around, then you can't build the AUM fast, of course. But we'll also be able to do that with the new partner. But... On average, I think people are paying in four to five hundred euros every month into the plan. Um, and our initial sort of surveys of our customers asking how much legacy AUM they would be able to move is somewhere between seven and ten thousand. So very low. Again, young people who haven't saved up so much yet. And is the product designed to move everything into an annuity? type product. So essentially they're getting an income stream for life as opposed to they retire and then have this massive lump sum and it's up to them to draw down at different rates. Uh, right now it's a mix. Like the way it is in Denmark, you have the defined contribution, which is what John mentioned, uh, which is capped at, what is it? It's around 7,000 euros, isn't it? Yeah, that makes, yeah. yeah. 7,000 euros in payments and then you can have whatever you want in the defined benefit. Um, but there, it's kind of murky, like with all these things, there's no simple answers. So when you retire, you can choose to convert your whole defined contribution into defined benefit, should you choose. So, yeah. But I think this is not a trivial vote. It's so important what Matthias brings up here in terms of the AUM upside in the business model, right? Um, because with the current cap DC product, we're capping ourselves on the AUM. Furthermore, we are not allowed to collect legacy pension parts, and here's why. All the incumbents actually bundle the DC and the DB product in the same tax code. And they mm. do that, do that because it makes it difficult to, then for the, for the end user to, to move to another company simply, right? And you can, you can only move to another life insurance company, so you can't actually move an end user from a life insurance company to a bank, because you have to be a life insurance company to have the DB product. No banks are allowed to have DB products in Denmark. Right. Okay. No, that makes sense. And then that's why we shift. That's why we are moving from Saxo to the life insurance partner. Right. And then does the does the product incorporate um, the state support that you would get from like from the, the Danish pension? What What do you mean, like in terms of the advice? No, in terms like I assume there's some sort of like basic safety net. Like for for us, we have like. Um, Canadian pension plan. So that's kind of like the state pension. And then there's whatever private savings you have. And because we're, I'm asking because we're finding the same thing. People want to know, 
just like what's the one number? Because there's going to be a bit of government, there's a bit of private, there's maybe a bit of mix. Yeah. I think the answer is that we're going to get that with the new partner because they have, and then in Denmark there was this exactly for this reason big push to make what is called pensioninfo.dk, which is a government-made portal. And as a bank, you can't integrate with that. You have to be a life insurance company. So once you get our life insurance company partner, you can get the sort of all-in number for the for the customer, and we'll use that in the projection. And I think importantly, I think now more than ever, we actually truly believe that we could scale the granthood value proposition globally. Uh, and again, that's why we call it granthood 2.0. Um, prior to the phase rain right now, we, we did the asset management ourselves. So just for your information, we actually do hold an asset manager license ourselves, which is a super heavy license to hold for a startup and was probably not the right move. Uh, it took us to a one and a half year to get it and a lot of resources uh, allocated to consultancy firms to, to get the approval through the Danish FSA. We thought, and that's the beauty of iterative processes, we thought that the end user cared that we did the asset management ourselves, and we thought it would create value um, for our customers. We thought that because we thought doing the asset management ourselves automatically equaled being low cost. We have now found that partnering with life insurance companies, we can actually still offer a low cost solution because in the time that from when we embarked on the journey where ETFs uh, or low-cost uh, index portfolios were like a very exciting thing, a lot of stuff has actually happened just in two years' time that from a lot of incumbents being very focused on active managed uh, funds have now acknowledged that you need to have a low-cost passively managed offering and an ESG offering to be to be relevant. And that, hadn't ha- that, that has happened pretty fast in Denmark, to be honest. So we don't really need the license anymore. <laughs> so we can actually have the life insurance company do the low cost as a management. And we are then the front end. So we are the acquisition channel. We have the app. We do the advice. We do the cost. We do the but we actually outsource the asset management for the life insurance company. So we will actually be selling our asset manager license and we'll be getting another license called, at least in Danish, it's um, insurance agent slash insurance broker license where we are actually we we will essentially be a tight agent for this life insurance company where we will be reselling their financial products but within our wrapper is your uh, will you always have just sort of one partner like one life insurance partner or one bank or or is it more of a marketplace model and the reason i ask is because it's interesting if you guys have the brand then the direct member relationship if like if I'm a life insurer, then I'm just seeing my product become a commodity that someone's swapping in and out just based on price. Like if you've had any of those conversations yet or heard that from life insurance? Yeah, to start with, it's not a marketplace approach in Denmark, and here's why. You would need to make a, a fairly complex tech integration towards all the providers in order to to be able to disseminate the information the way we do. Uh, so there's actually, at least in the short run, not a whole lot to be won from making an integration with all partners. Also, 
a lot of them wouldn't want to because how do they then differentiate from competition? So the approach we're taking right now is that we choose one strong local partner. So in Denmark, it's one of the largest commercial pension plans. In Canada, it could be an Omer's. In in the Netherlands, it could be an Agon. In the UK, it could be legal in general. So our strategy is to find one local, one strong local partner to a strong uh, partnership agreement, strong distribution agreement, and a great IT integration, and then then uh, let the partner be the back end, the, the vendor of financial products. We, we face the customer with the digital offering and the digital advice. And then we share the revenue. Does that make sense? That makes, yeah, makes sense. How have you found it in terms of like building a front end pension product that is like kind of sexy is really hard? And like you build something <laughs> that actually like a pension as a product often like the word pension often makes people don't people switch off. The thought of like putting money away that you don't see for thirty years often makes people switch off or at least like not necessarily act. It's one thing like going through the process, but it's another thing actually transacting. Like, how have you, what have been the most interesting things you've found as you like, built a product designed for younger people in smaller enterprises and actually generated that, like people signing up to the product itself? I think, I think we laid the ground. I think we, we made a ton of mistakes and we are very, we're very transparent about that. So we try to, we try to be as open as, as transparent as possible because I think uh, we'll get the best feedback by, by, by doing that. Uh, so we made a ton of mistakes and we're happy to share them. Uh, we always share some of them. What we did really well, uh, was to nail the branding and the communication from the get go. And that was actually a radically different move from what most startups do. So the first amount of funding we, we got, we actually allocated a fair amount of that towards getting a brand book. So we actually very early on got a brand book uh, worth 90 pages long. That was what we won the red dot for as well. But just take our name right. I, I think the name in, in itself uh, actually touches upon what you ask. So granted means pension, right? We don't call it pension, we call it granted. So granted is our unique synonym for pension and retirement because we found out that pension and retirement was attached to so much so much negativity and and and, and complexity. So we turned it upside down and said, let's not call it pension, we call it granted. So think about it this way. Granted, it's a play in the three phases on, on your life, right? So you have your childhood, you have your adulthood, and you have your granddad, which is a more warm and nice way to commemorate your, your, your third stage of your life, right? And we think being a retiree is going to be something very different when, when our generations uh, retire than, than the, than the baby boomers, right? Uh, so I think going on retirement is are you ever going to retire? Are you still going to be working a little bit on that, a little bit on that? You, you will still have, still have your projects. I think the concept of being a retiree is going to be radically different. So take my parents, for instance. I remember as a kid, like when they turned 60, they were going to retire and they were just going to do like what they do really. And look, if you're going to, if you wind up being 100, right, it's more than a third of your life that you can just do like nothing, right? Are you really going to do like nothing for more than a third of your life? I doubt it, right? But the point I'm trying to get across here is that that screams loud and clear from the rooftops of 
every single city and country in the world that you need to rethink how you distribute and how you communicate pension products if you're going to have a radically different way of retiring. So that's what we're trying to to address in our product. If I can just elaborate on one thing, it is that I would say the competition in the attention space of communicating pensions well is pretty non-existent if you look at how the incumbents do it. It's uh, so if it, just flipping it around and asking people what do you actually want to hear instead of annualized cost in percent uh, pie chart allocation of capital. Like no one wants to hear that and no one understands that except if you're a financial nerd. So just like, what do you want to know? Uh, how much money will I have when I retire? That's what I care about. Okay. We'll show you that. So like thinking about it, like customer centric is such a crap word that everyone, like in all the big corporates I've been have talked about customer centric, but we actually think we are customer centric. So how big is your, uh, your marketing and communications team? If there is one. Yeah, so we have Victor on partnership and growth. We have Sigalina as head of community. Then we have Erasmus on BDR. And then we have Eric sponsoring those two must wins. So I guess we have like four who are like actively working with those areas day to day. And then needless to say, the commercialization of the go-to-market strategy is anchored uh, with Matthias and I. Uh, so we sort of own the go-to-market, but we have four like who are working actually operationally with it day to day. Once the current funding round uh, have been finalized, we will be looking for a CMO slash chief commercial officer uh, because just to be Valley Blonde, um, the go-to-market process is still very anchored with us, and the vision should still be anchored with us, but we could benefit from a strong CMO slash uh, chief commercial officer who owns the sales and marketing processes and having it up day to day, make sure the partnerships uh, are executing, making sure that the community building is going as we used to, and uh, as we want to, and the BDRs are actually closing the demos from the lead generation of marketing uh took care of. So, so we have a good idea as to how we want to map out the lead generation funnel and the closing funnel, but we need, we will be on the look for strong CMO type uh, post this funding round. And I'm not sure if you can answer this in five minutes, but you alluded to, you know, you had some ideas for a partnership with Omers, and I'm curious as to what that might look like. Yeah, so, so again, as I said before, uh, we generally more than ever believe that we could take the Grand Hood solution global because think about it, in the Grand Hood uh, 1.0, we were the asset manager. And again, let's be honest, pensions are tax product essentially, right? It's all about, it's all about tax really. Uh, tax deduction on the savings, tax uh, calculations on the risk premiums and the insurance products. Um, so it's actually very tax heavy on both the savings and the insurance offering. Being the asset manager ourselves would mean that we would have to be on top of local tax jurisdiction and do we need another asset manager license than the one we have and beneficiaries, tax reporting going in. It will be very difficult to scale it internationally. Now that we have come to terms with not being asset manager in the Grand Hood 2.0 scheme, we quote-unquote just need to find a strong local life insurance partner where you guys would – 
be the deciders on the savings product, the insurance products uh, for the relevant segment. But we will merely be putting the front end over your heavy lifting back end. So we actually, our product guys at least, uh, scope that within three to six months, we will be fully integrated with the life insurance company in Denmark, which is actually fairly quick when you think about it. So we tend to do the IT integrations as thin as possible. Um, and how it could look like in Canada, I think we will sit down together. Uh, we will map out what segment, customer segment, will be most ripe for disruption. In Denmark, it's for sure there's an e-segment. Maybe it's the case in Canada. You tell me. Or we, we find out together. Uh, but we will identify a go-to-market segment that are ripe for disruption where the incumbents can't find profitability due to their ancient distribution models. We will uh, make granted that digital acquisition channel for that segment. Uh, and we will map out what are the right financial products on the savings side uh, and on the risk side of things to 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 become category king uh, jointly within that segment. And then we will do revenue sharing, uh, so so it makes sense for for both parties. Uh, we might even send set up a, a entity. So the way I think about it is that you have granted uh, as the, you have granted like as a mother company, but then you have sub-companies you could have granted international and within the granted international umbrella, whether that could be granted Canada, granted US, granted UK, and and then we find a strong local partner and, and we build out a good business case uh, for everyone. I have one one last question to try and squeeze in, guys. And But it sounds like you've done some really interesting partnerships. How have you found that culturally for you guys, like, bringing a different perspective to pensions, doing it under a different kind of um, culture. How is that meshed with banking partners and life insurance company partners, for instance? I I think most of the big, at least financial institutions in Denmark, they have sort of this innovation uh, part of their organization where they try to focus on building innovative stuff through partnerships, etc., and actually, they love us because uh, we're kind of this, I don't know what the word is, for like a handbook. Like uh, they, the thing you use to breach doors uh, in the SWAT team. So like we're that uh, sort of thing that breaches. And we've been allowed to, by the FSA, to communicate how we do. We've been allowed to onboard people the way we do. So we're kind of this rambuck that sort of goes into their organization and makes them shake up their own legal team and compliance team. And so we with the innovation folks we're working with, we have a very nice dialogue, actually. Yeah. Yeah, they're there. I mean, it's, it's an active thing. We've been very positive, and they're very open to that. They they don't know everything themselves, as you alluded to in the beginning, uh, I guess, both uh, Julia and Jordan. That, I mean, that's something they're really good at, but, I mean, pensions has for the longest time been built by actuarians, for actuarians, like, in some sense, right? So I think they... They generally believe that we bring something entirely different to the table that they can really learn from. And we're very open that we need to learn a lot of stuff from them. Absolutely. Awesome. Well, thanks, guys. I really appreciate this. This has been great meeting you. Thanks so much. We hope you enjoyed our conversation with Grand Hood and enjoyed learning about their innovative business model. We look forward to next time.